This is John Shannon with Radio Free Galisteo, and today we are speaking, and by we I mean also Radio Free Galisteo producer Denise Lynch, are speaking with photographer, fly fisherman, bulldog lover Terry Heffernan, who is passing through Galisteo on his way back to Montana. Terry, welcome to Galisteo. Thanks for stopping by and having a chat with us. We had you here the other day, and you managed to take a few photos while you were here, but let's talk about your past life as a, was it a commercial photographer? Is that what you'd call yourself? Or Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And pleasure to be here, John. Thanks for having me. You bet. And Denise. Yeah, I made my living shooting uh, for corporate America. And, you know, in a genre called still life in San Francisco for the better part of 30 years. And um, it allowed me to, to do what I really loved doing, which was creating still lives and telling stories that way. It was a city that, that allowed that sort of insane specialization. And how long did you do that? Uh, from the mid-70s until I'd say... I mean, it was waning at, at the, the millennium. You know, I finally came to realize that that it was over by 205. It, you know, it was probably well over by then, but my, my ego wouldn't let me uh, let go of it. So you've been uh, part of this incredible change in technology from analog to digital, et cetera. Do you think part of the, that thing sped up that what was over? What was over? Well, Steve Jobs, who I love and hate because I wake up to him and go to bed with him, and I take all of my images now with, with an iPhone, and I used to take all my images with an 8x10 analog camera. So the process was very different, and honestly, I, I have to say, as much as I loved doing what I did, I sure love shooting with the iPhone. You know, I often uh, make the comparison that it went from alchemy to electricity. And electricity is fabulous <laughs> and a lot more hands-on. I mean, it's, it's a lot more immediate. Yeah, it's devalued photography in general. And conversely, I think it's actually valued it because you see so many more images a day, especially if you're on Instagram, and they're beautiful. Well, how does that affect you aesthetically? Because your aesthetics, one of the points I want to make and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is my mother and I used to say that we only envy people who have seen Galisteo for the first time because they come with the beginner's mind and a fresh eye, particularly someone of your talent and experience. And so you took some photographs of my horses, some of the uh, texture that we have at the farm, of the studio and art that were just phenomenal and very, very exciting. And I kind of passed them out to some people that said, what do you think of this? And they were like, wow. So we loved how people like you would come and bring a depth to something that we look at every day. Well, Galisteo is low-lying fruit. Well you, said. You feel, you've, I mean, I felt it as soon as I made the corner and I saw the, the building next door to your studio here and I went, oh, is that open? No, but God, it's cool. I mean, it, you know, everything, it just reeks of history and of love, of, of, of life, really. I don't, you probably love, you know, blood, guts, the whole nine yards. I'm starting to do a, a somewhat of a, a, a deep dive into the, the Navajo 
the history of fabric and and it seems to me that's the currency that that sort of built this whole mm-hmm. s- this whole region um and it I, I know very little about it but as i'm reading about it i you know galisteo's mentioned so i know they the conquistadors came through here in in you know full array I think Navajo rugs are one of the highest form of art, definitely, because their abstraction, their color, their texture, their form follows function. They're the epitome of a lot. I, I agree, and I can't, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, did they do a layout? You know, I mean, I worked with layouts from clients my whole life, and of course you looked at it and then you tried to extrapolate what exactly they were trying to communicate. And once you did that, you could add or subtract from whatever it was that was their vision. And you wanted to do it, you wanted them to be part of that process because, you know, it was important that, that there was a merging of egos, so to speak, from the final result. But can, it's a Taoist art in a way because it's like how the sheep were that season or what was blooming with that color. You know, it was all a means whereby of what was going on in nature. Speaking about what's going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some of our, our background noise that you're hearing right now are two bulldogs uh, wrestling around in the quarter mill gallery, <laughs> um, trying to get their footing on uh, the nice wood floor. So. so how do you deal with the media management of taking so many photographs a day, you know, right when you wake up to sun go down, to what it used to be like when you were having to develop film and do that kind of thing? How do you, how do you deal with that? Saturation. Well, now I only have to satisfy myself. Mm-hmm. Which when is liberating. I, yeah, I mean, I, I would have paid my clients to work for them. I, I never would tell them that, but, you know, I really would have. I, I was so single-minded from the get-go. I had mentors that, that just shot me out into the stratosphere in a marketplace that allowed me to, to operate. You could actually get away with shooting... 8 by 10 still life in San Francisco from the mid-70s through the through the year 2000, plus or minus. And this is internal or external? This is like studio shots or this is on the fly or No, this is outside. all in the studio. It's I mean, I was in, yeah. So they're composed. It's a composed installation. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Kind composed, of. lots of Polaroids. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Work a with. special photograph that I want to mention that Captain Shannon loved, which is Baseball Hall of Fame, I guess, of a flag that's made out of bats and balls that you took. Also, the fish with the flies in it is incredible. I mean, to Google you online was pretty captivating. Well, thank pretty, you. Pretty captivating. The baseball flag actually came after I did had the real privilege of working at the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. And once I got back from that experience and, and got some of those, uh, I did a promo piece with those images and was for a few years making calendars for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh. When was that? This Lovely. would have been 91 and 92. Okay, all right, yeah. And, I, you know, I mean, I started a little publishing company, which, you know, was financially not successful as far as selling calendars. I had no clue what I was doing, but I knew that I could always take those calendars and give them to art directors around the country, which I did, and it just what I call perpetrated the myth. Mm-hmm. It allowed them to go, hey, Heffernan, we want what you do. Mm-hmm. And I was able to talk my way into the hall. And I sort of sent them all of these images that I, or work that I had done for other clients and said, look, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is where I do it. Here's my insurance company. 
I really want to come and visit you guys sometime when it's easy on you. And I will make sure that I have a client that pays for that. So I tried to make it win, 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 win for them. And you can use my images to promote the Hall of Fame. Not to make commercial products, but to, to promote the Hall. So from an editorial standpoint. It worked. I was able to do it. It was, you know, here I am talking about the same experience. It was an incredible experience. It's an experience that led me to many, many friendships over the years that I still have today that I treasure. Well, I love those kind of experiences because they artistically inform you the rest of your life. To have that, I think, is a real gift. Yeah, the Hall of Fame, uh, as soon as I found out that was from the Hall of Fame, I mean, it brought me right back to my childhood. And So I lived in upstate New York, and we used to make a little pilgrimage over to Cooperstown. Uh, and this is in the 70s, probably before the Hall of Fame expanded. And it was just this quaint little place, you know, with two floors, and you'd go in and, and just see, you know, Lou Gehrig's uniform and uh, Babe Ruth's bat and all that neat stuff. The um, shoes. And so, yeah, and that that uh, that photo just took me right back to that. So it was, it was wonderful. Did photography take you into anything else? Part of my evolution uh, from shooting strictly print was the, was to be given the opportunity to do motion. And uh, and to direct TV commercials, so the you know what so that was a, that was a uh, incredibly frightening and exciting because uh, <laughs> it was experience. challenging. Cause well, because I'd never done it. I uh, mean, I could do shoot print with my eyes closed at that point, and and I had it down in you know because I was a single light source guy. Hmm. I always had the philosophy: one light, one sun. You know. Let's get together and we'll be all right. <laughs> and uh, and that gave you a look. Um, I mean, and I would say I used a single light source for probably ninety percent of my work, um, or achieved it. Made the made the effort. It might have been more than one light, but but oftentimes uh, the the goal was to make it look like one light. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that process was taken it was the most frightening thing was taking that look and trying to make it work for motion and we're and also working with dps directors of photography who were operating the camera themselves um because i was not oper- i did not make the the the, the uh, leap to making to learning how to work an airy uh, camera mm-hmm. or motion camera right. but i stood there and watched the results and was certainly opinionated and directed it well, I learned in film school that every frame should be its own piece of of art, of photography, like every frame in a and, movie. And if you bring that philosophy to it, which I totally respect, and that was my goal, uh, you get great results. Now, why the one light? Is that because of how the human eye responds to an image? Is it why the one light? Is it, it, it just was more just, natural? It, it, well, it was my prejudice, but it was. But in retrospect, I think it's it. There's only one sun. Mm-hmm. There is only one light. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what that light does once it hits a surface or the world or the earth is, you know, in the refractions and the, you know, the blocking and the shadows and the... Looking at the, the sun and looking at a, a, a strobe head or a single light source, a hot light, let's call it, is identical. It's just the only difference is scale. So if you were to go into the studio, I mean, I used to say to people... Uh, you know, you can take a helicopter over the Grand Canyon and shoot 
this particular ad, or you can take this piece of sandstone and with the correct props and basically say the same thing. And I could do it much for much more cost-effective ways than you could to rent a helicopter in those days. These were all pre-drone days. And, uh, you know, we didn't have the, the tools that we have now. So, but that was, that was my philosophy is, look, you got one sun, I've got one, one softbox. My softbox can be changed to a harder light if I pull the diffusion screen and make it a harder source, which emulates more of the sun. But, you know, if it's an overcast day or a cloudy day, you have a softbox. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe this is all from where I grew up and how I grew up and but Cleveland was a very cloudy, overcast oh, yeah. place. Yeah. And it just, it, you know, it had a lot of atmosphere in it because, you know, you had U.S. Steel, Republic Steel, Ford, Chrysler, you know, you mm. name it, GM, they were all there. I literally could walk out of the house and smell and tell you that whether Republic was running or whether uh, Sherwin-Williams was running, I could wow. smell it. Wow. This is Radio Free Galisteo. Music and information from the Galisteo Basin. Radio Free Galisteo is listener supported. Go to www.radiofreegalisteo.com and click on our Patreon support button to become an active supporting member of Radio Free Galisteo. What's your point you were going to make about food? Well, food was my was the medium in which uh, I made uh, you know a, a very good living in, and that was the evolution from print to film. Most of the time, the commercials that I were doing uh, had something to do with a food product. You know, whether we were selling burgers or mm-hmm. it was the you know the big cheese that could could afford TV commercials. And, you know, people in, in, in advertising in the Midwest, in the East, during the winter, wanted to get out of town. They had the luxury of being able to hire whoever they wanted to. They could go across the street and hire, you know, a Phil Marco or, a, uh, well, some of the, you know, or go to Chicago and, and hire a, a David Deal. Or they could come to San Francisco and hire someone like myself. So there were 10 or 12 of us that were always vying for the same kinds of projects and Fortunately, there was enough work to keep us all busy. So tell us a little bit about what you saw. Uh, try to describe Galisteo. I think there's a, you know, I'm not sure exactly what's here, but there's a lot here. There's, there's years and centuries of, 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 of richness, of stories, of patina, of history, of textures. of, And, of course, you've got the New Mexican light, too illustrate that so I mean it's I you know I'm really happy I'm coming back on my way sort of out of the state for the kind of heading toward California for the winter before I do go to Montana in the spring but this will be a highlight for sure (laughs) and again uh, that is a sweet pea and zeal you're hearing in the background. They're liking the art. <laughs> yes, they're 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 definitely very involved. With, you know, the, they they are the. I'm privileged to to spend my you know my time with those guys. They're just so much fun. They keep me so grounded. And I was just thinking about 
the as I was wa- as I was driving down, and one of them's right next to me at all times. Of course, that's Zeal. He he's got the front seat, and uh, so at any time I can just reach over and grab him, and and start to uh, need him, and uh, it's just you know it's so good. It's just so good. Well, they're both really really sweet. Zeal is just for for the listening audience is. It's essentially uh, a fire hydrant with legs. <laughs> he's, he's a little tank. And Sweet Pea is just a, a little similar version. So when you talk about how some of the things are over, which I agree with you, some of it's kind of played itself out, what do you think the future holds for people that fall in love with an image and want to use that to communicate artistically? What do you, where do you think it's going? I hate to say it, but the copyright law at this point seems to have just lost its 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 luster it was a fortuitous discovery or invention or whatever you want to call it for me in my career because it gave me a negotiating tool to work with clients did you do watermark early in the digital well like you know a a circle c and then a registration with the um in washington Mm -hmm. you know and you could register your entire volume of work per year for wow. a nominal amount of money. I mean, it wasn't like you had to spend for, I mean, it would have bankrupted me to spend, you know, for every image I took. But, you know, the important stuff, the Hall of Fame stuff, the American Museum of Fly Fishing stuff, uh, the stuff I did in Lebanon, Pennsylvania at, the, uh, count, at their county historical society on Amish, on fire, on fire apparatus on uh, the well, Civil the War. Hmm. Um, those are things that are near and dear to me that I was able to sort of create through connections and friends and have access to collections, which, you know, I mean, in a perfect world, I would, the thing that would get me going again would be to be able to get access to the uh, American Museum of Archives in, in uh, at the Smithsonian. You know, if I could get of the American history, like American History Museum, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's politically fraught, but uh, it you know there's so many things to do. I mean, the guns that changed this country. Not that I'm a gun guy; I don't own a gun, but there are artifacts, though. They're historical artifacts. Well, I there's mean, there's power in objects. Yeah, that yeah. I know. There is definitely heat in things that I just that transcend that transcend stuff. I, I can't, I, it's hard to articulate, but I know it. I mean, if you have the opportunity to hold Abraham Lincoln's uh, wallet, you, you can sense and feel it. You know, it's, yeah. not, it's no different than coming into, say, a place that has historical significance, I think. I mean, you, if, if you're aware of it, it's there. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, I know I'm haunted by it. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm, that's, you know, we wake up every day in a place like that. Yeah. Well, I love it because I think you're kind of describing, well, I think part of the future is they're going to find out in the quantum field that relationship and that feeling and that kindred spirit to artifacts that, like an image. What is that image saying to you? What does that image feel like? What is that, you know, how does it expand you? And that's one of the things that you did, I think, was the expansion. Photography, I think, is a really interesting art form. When I was raised, it wasn't considered an art form. All the painters and sculptors and everybody poo-pooed it and said no. You know, they didn't really respect it. And then it became this huge, hugely valuable contribution of communicating. And uh, the depth that it gives, the impulse that people have, the immediacy of it, 
is really, really valuable. And I don't think that's ever going to be lost, whether it's alchemy or electricity. What do you think of Do you have in your house, do you hang up photographs? Do you have some of your favorites, or do you admire some of the other people that do that? Well, I've collected my entire life, so I, I have Weston and Penn and, and uh, Ruth Bernard. I mean, not extensive numbers, but images that just, again, would grab me and I would just be so taken by them. And so is it something like, I think how you know a piece of art is really, really valuable to, to individually is when you can look at it every day and see something new. Or just look at it and, and just get this rich feeling of, God, that person was just out of, uh, you know, just to be emulated hmm. and, 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 and uh, revered. And, you know, those, I mean, Weston in my book walked on water. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I had his day books. And when I would take these jaunts from in my Volkswagen bus back in the early 70s from Cleveland to Belize, I was reading Edward Weston's day books and, uh, you know, loaded down with my little Yushika Electro 35 rangefinder camera and, and a couple hundred rolls of Tri-X just trying to figure it out. And, uh, you know, before I really started getting some instruction and because I was frustrated by the how consistent I was with being inconsistent, it started it all. But Weston was, is, you know, high in my list of, of people who have influenced me. And I was influenced a little bit by Elliot Porter because oh, he yeah. was a customer in our restaurant for... Uh for a long time. And I think my grandmother actually had a little fling with him at one time, so. Huh. <laughs> All those crazy artists. Rich color, rich, rich, rich color. Yeah. What's the best thing you, you take away from the, the photographic work you're doing now? Oh, you know, uh, I mean, for, for the, if, if I hit a hundred likes on Instagram, <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good image. That's a keeper, you know, and, and, um, you know, it's just, like I said, it's photography and it's, it's no longer a business for me. It's purely pleasure. And, you know, you, you guys know that I'm traveling in my little VW Eurovan uh, with my dogs, and it just allows me the freedom of, you know, I was thinking about it as I was driving over here, and it's, you know, I had Paul Simon's line in my head that said, all gone to look for America, hmm. and um, that's that's kind of what I'm doing these days. So photography is, I'll chase light, I'll, you know, I'll, if I see something, I'll put my turn signal on, and I'll pull over, and I'll, and I'll shoot it, and I just, I'm not in a hurry right now. Nice. And it helps uh, take images. Um, I mean, I was never in a hurry in the studio either, so I think that that was always the same. It's just that, you know, pointing your iPhone versus setting up an 8x10 camera and going to the prop table and, and taking out all these, you know, whatever's been gathered for this particular assignment is a night and day experience. But looking at an image after you're done and finishing it and feeling whatever it is that gives you is the same. You're kind of describing your new relationship to appreciating the Navajo rug, too. Some of that, uh, the medium is Yeah, they, they, it's wild. Wow. I just, those guys, I mean, it seems to Either me... Either that or the land of enchantment spell is 
<laughs> well, New Mexico is definitely my second favorite state. There's no question about it. I, you know, I envy the culture that you guys have in Santa Fe in particular, and I think Galisteo is an extension of that. I don't know it real well, but the few times I've been here, I've certainly felt it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a photographer's mecca, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. I understand it. And and the food is is certainly better than Montana. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. That- could be just a preference. I'll be back. Oh, so <laughs> well, we're bad. we're counting on it. We're counting. We're on all it. Fam- we're all an extended family now, which is wonderful. I just wanted to thank you and tell you how much I appreciate seeing Galisteo through your eyes, because it's it provokes it's it provokes a certain kind of joy for me. And I mean, I knew you were a blinding talent because I'd heard that. I love the discovery of you going. It's exactly what we want. As you went into the studio and you found the old broken Hopi headdress and wanted to take it outside in the ambient light. And we went into the barn loft to take some family photos. And so I just want to kind of acknowledge that. And uh, it's really neat to see somebody that's been had that commercial success and carry it to almost a new, a completely new climate internally and externally. And then to behold, that was really, really, it was a, it was a holiday. Mm-hmm. It was right after Thanksgiving, and it was a holiday. It was a certain kind of gratitude. So I want to make sure you get acknowledged for that and then tell you that we really appreciate it. Well, I appreciated it as well. It was a love fest. You've got your Euro van out front. So what's next? Well, I've got to get to Albuquerque and get my front right wheel. Uh, <laughs> it's practicality. Yeah, it's his tripod. It's his moving tripod. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I might, you know, if, if I might head down towards Silver City. Halo um, Wilderness. If I don't, yeah, I, I've, if I, if I, eventually I'm going back to uh, Stinson, which is north of San Francisco. So I'll be there for the winter. Okay. And, uh. There's there's a few things to see along the way. Whether I go up the back side of the Sierra or up the front side of the Sierra, I'm just unsure right now. And we'll follow your photographic trail on Instagram. Tell everybody what your Instagram is. Uh, it's very confusing because it's my name, Terry Heffernan. Okay. <laughs> That's Heffernan, N-A-N. All right. Any any concluding thoughts today? Now that the babies are taking a nap. Yeah, not, right. Now, now that the, the dogs have all just crashed. Just, just want to say thank you for having me do this. It's always a pleasure to, to be retrospective. Oh, well, it's certainly our pleasure. So we, we thank you for being here. You have been listening to Terry Heffernan, photographer, fly fisherman, bulldog lover, on the road today. For Radio Free Galisteo, I'm John Shannon. And I'm Denise Lynch. Radio Free Galisteo is listener-supported. If you go to www.radiofreegalisteo.com, you can find our Patreon support button. Click it and become an active supporter of this podcast.